everybody, and welcome to an episode of Impactful Conversations, a platform to educate and inspire. My name is Tafad Zandlovu, and thank you for tuning in for the show. On this show, I interview and speak to individuals who are making a difference in their world, individuals who have a different way of thinking and are forming as leaders in their respective fields. I hope that you enjoy the episode, and I'd love to hear some of your feedback after listening to the episode, either by writing us a review or by heading over to the website, impactfulconversations.co.za, and heading over to the Contact Us section. Anyway, wherever you're listening to this, I hope you sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 15 of Impactful Conversations. I am thrilled today to be joined by Venencia Monde. She's an account manager, master of international business holder, model UN delegate, and uh, from the 1st of August, actually going to be an author as well, which is awesome. Um, her journey, uh, she's had a very, very uh, illustrious journey in her tertiary education, um, obtaining a, a Bachelor of Social Sciences and Psychology and Sociology as well. Uh, she also did a postgraduate diploma in management and corporate governance as well. Um, and then she rounded off with the Master of International Business, and she has a very strong corporate background, um, you know, in project management, risk governance, and compliance strategy. So I am thrilled to be joined by her today, and um, I'm thrilled that you are watching or listening to this, if it's uh, via YouTube or uh, via one of the podcast platforms. We're uh, thrilled to have you today. Um, once you're done with the episode, you can go to the website, which is um, impactfulconversations.co.za. And um, head over to the feedback section where you can pop us a, a one-liner or a paragraph or an essay, whatever you feel like, and um, let us know how the uh, platform and the episode as well has impacted you and uh, give us your thoughts on some of the topics as well. Venezia, thank you so much for, for joining us um, in episode 15. I'm, I'm thrilled to have you here. How are you doing today? I'm great. I'm great. The sun is shining again. Yeah, um, awesome. which is such a huge relief because I'm not a winter baby, but <laughs> I'm doing great. No, me neither. I I must I must confess I've I've always said that um I've always said that that the the winter is better than the summer because you can do something about the cold. But I'm strongly like doubting my own <laughs> my own, my own stance this year. I don't know whether it's because like. It's a pandemic, or I'm not so sure. It's, it's not coming together. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, just not aligning with me. But yeah, no. Thank you yeah. so much for uh, for joining us on uh, episode 15. Um, I know you have have, have followed the show um, from its from its inception, so I'm uh, I'm thrilled to have you here. Let's. So you you know how this works from from some of the episodes that you've that you've watched. But um, to kickstart us off, I want people to get to know you a little bit better. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, who you are, um, where are you from, what did you study, as well as um, what are you passionate about? Okay, cool. Um, thanks for having me again. Um, I've been a fan since, you know, you obviously started this, and I'm so glad to finally be a part of it. Um, I, I don't know where to start. I guess I was actually born in Zim, so I'm from Harare. But um, my dad is an expat, so I was raised in Malawi. 
which is pretty interesting because I, I pretty much spent about, you know, like seven years in Zim and then the rest of my like teenage years I was in Malawi. So I went to school there, um, moved to South Africa in 2012. And that's when I started at Monash. Um, and then, you know, like pretty much stuck with Monash all the way through my tertiary education. And yeah, maybe that's where my passion for just, you know, trying to understand people and trying to understand different cultures and how different people are actually came from. So that's why I studied psych. And then eventually I realized I just didn't want to sit in a room like this for the rest of my life. So um, <laughs> I decided to throw in some business because I wanted to go into the consulting space. And that's what my core passion is. Um, I love strategy. I love consulting. I love people. Um, and I just try to weave that into anything that I get involved in, um, both in the corporate and in my personal life. Yeah, yeah, that's really awesome. So I I guess we can, we can dash <laughs> into things, right? Um, let's, talk, let's talk about where you ended off, which is, you know, the, the corporate world. And I, our, our first topic, I guess, is, you know, um, you – you're obviously in, in the business world, but you have a, a background of, of studying, you know, psychology, uh, sociology, as well as social sciences as well. Um, you know, tell me a little bit about, firstly, tell me a little bit about your, your journey into the business world. Um, you know, tell me a little bit about that journey, but also why or how, I suppose, how then why, um, you ended up in client services. Okay. Um, so it's it's not a glamorous story, <laughs> which I don't know. I don't know if that's a good thing it's, it's, or a bad thing. Real story. <laughs> None, no but real here's the story. Like this is unfortunately like our lives are not a Netflix documentary. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's. I mean, the beginning really wasn't cute. Um. My parents, my parents left Malawi in 2012, and I was supposed to be doing my A levels around that time. Yeah. And you know, it was just going to be such a big shift, um, losing them and having them go back to Zim, and being stuck in a foreign country on my own. So I, I actually decided to drop out. <laughs> oh. Very few people know this. Um, halfway through my A levels, I decided that I'd rather just move to Joburg and do a foundation program and something. Um, so halfway through my A-levels, I left Malawi, left school, and I applied to do the foundation program at Monash. And somehow, don't know how, I was placed in first year, and I was only 17 at the time. Yeah. So, yeah, my dad was like, you know, what do you want to study? And I just thought, you know, business is going to be such a big step or big mm. jump for me. So I decided to do social sciences because I always thought, hey, that's, that's pretty much a foundation to anything. And so, um, you know, I'd done a bit of psych in, in the first year of my A-levels. And I was like, okay, cool, I'm just going to go do psych. And then I started doing psych. And, like, I literally felt like I was drowning um, the first couple of years. I mean, no one tells you about stats and all those exciting things. Just when I thought I was dodging numbers. <laughs> so, you know, I did psych. And going through the program and just realizing, you know, this isn't what I want to do. But I wasn't going to quit again. Like, it felt like that thing was like, okay, you've already dropped one thing. You're not going to drop another. And so I finished it. And when I was ready to actually jump back into doing maybe like a Bachelor um, of Business Science or something more business inclined, because that's something I enjoy, um, the opportunity came to do a postgrad diploma in management. 
And I was like, okay, cool. That doesn't sound too bad. And it wasn't bad at all. And then when I finished, uh, my mentor at the time was like, just do the masters, which was, wow, it was the biggest jump or the biggest shift <laughs> that I've ever had to make um, because I'd never done like a, a module of management or corporate finance or economics or law or any of the topics that I had to, you know, that I had to cover. So I think for me, the one thing that kind of kept me going was having the right friends and knowing the right people. Mm. And um, going through that in varsity, I decided, you know what, this is what, what I want to do with my life. I want to be in a space where you know the right people and you can get something done. And that's actually how I moved into, you know, wanting to work with people and mm -hmm. wanting to be the bridge um, between, you know, the people that know what's going on and the people that are trying to get something done. Yeah. So, yeah, um, started out in project management and then, you know, pretty much opportunities came and I evolved into, yeah, into pretty much becoming an account manager. But that's how it started. It actually started with, being someone that's an expert at something that they actually haven't done for a very long time. Yeah. 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 That's a I I I really think your 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 story is is powerful. Um you know, as you're sort of talking, I'm like like my mind is sort of racing because you you've made you've made sort of key decisions, you know, along the way. I I think the one thing that stands out is the fact that you you decided from a very early sort of age to own your story um mm -hmm. and to to fight for for your future which you know is is a very important characteristic and then something which um has already i'm sure and will continue to to stand you in 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 great stead so now now you're in the business world um yes. <laughs> tell me tell me a little bit about what is your approach, right? How do you, how do you, I mean, for, for the lay person, right, who hasn't yeah. been to, for the person who hasn't even been into business, um, into the business world or the corporate world as it were, what is your approach to business and to people, right? The two juxtaposed next to each other. Especially, I mean, South Africa is interesting. Yeah. Um, because they, as as much as they are almost like two separate things, there's such a strong correlation. And, you know, if you don't understand people, um, mm. you won't understand business and vice yeah. versa. And, you know, for me, one of the things that I've come to realize or come to learn is people like me. <laughs> It's like, you know, like, it's a hit or miss, yes, but when people like me, they really like me. And yeah. when people don't like me, they really don't like me. Mm -hmm. And what happens when people like you is people buy people and not products. You know, and um, I think for me, it's it's been that thing where I'm like, if, if you establish the right relationship, if you take the time to actually understand someone, if you mm -hmm. make someone feel heard and understood... And even if you don't have a solution on the ground for them, you know, just just that feeling of being heard and being understood, whether that's a business problem, whether it's someone trying to, you know, solve a, um, an issue within their organization. If you make them feel important, they buy into you and what you're investing, you know, by being there for them. And that's that's been like 
literally like it's 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 been my key to everything um my clients know that they can count on me to go above and beyond and you know i'll put all the resources i'll put the skills and if i can't do it i know a guy you know um i think people really just yeah they buy people and once you understand that and once you crack that the business part of things come natural comes naturally sorry because now you're trusted and you're an advisor so I think that's how I've navigated that space and that's how I've, you know, made my way through corporate. Um, and also just taking the time to listen. I think a lot of us just take in all this info and, you know, we, we want to look like we're doing great things, but we're actually not being present. And yeah, I, I, I try to work for organizations that have the same values as me. So when I actually started out in client services, used to be with another company that used to do some other things I didn't believe in, you know, and for me, it was like, this is not what I want to be associated with. I, I, I genuinely want to make a difference. Um, so, yeah, um, work for organizations or associate yourself with organizations that align with your values and the mm. rest just unfolds. Mm. Mm, that's, that's really important what you said there. And I think, you know, the people centered approach um is is i think so so powerful but something which is not um you know it's it's not it's not well known um and well applied either but once it is it is extremely powerful you're right people people buy into people right you mm-hmm. you you buy into the person who's 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 selling you a service first before you even listen about the service um so I mean, naturally, keeping keeping on the on the topic of of, of people, you you'd naturally do a lot of networking, uh, you know, within your job, outside of your job. Um, how do you think, you know, what you actually, how how important do you think that is, net, networking in and of itself, um, to to what I would call the trajectory and the pace of development of your career? Um, I think, I think I've got to where I'm at because someone believed in me. Mm. Okay. Um, you know, whether that's like in a boardroom or in an interview or, you know, like pretty much everything I've managed to achieve. I've got because someone said yes or someone decided to take a chance on me. Yeah. And so, you know, no one's going to take a chance on you if you, if they don't know you. <laughs> um, and you have to get out mm-hmm. there and get to know people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the, one of the sort of like, one of the things people misunderstand about networking is they have this idea that when you, when you meet someone, they immediately have to have a place in your life. And, you know, that's how we, we sort of decide which, which relationships are valuable. We're like, okay, what can this person do for me? And I think that is probably one of the things this generation has to unlearn, um, this idea that it will all make sense. You know, like I'll meet you at an event, and then, then it's going to be like, okay, yeah, I want to work with you, and I want to do this with you. And it's all about <laughs> no, like it's, it's true. Like you know, or you'll be you can't see in how they fit. New York. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can't see how they fit in your in your current situation. You're like, okay, cool. So I don't really need to like you know, I don't need to get to know them. 
But the number of times that someone I've met like two years ago has popped up and said, listen, I thought of you today and I thought that this would be a great opportunity. I think that's what we miss. You know, yeah. it's it's not maintaining relationships because they, they don't seem as if they create value in that moment. Mm-hmm. And so I've always come from this background where, you know, like my dad, my dad's one of those people that's big on you might meet someone today and you, you don't see how they fit and you don't see what value they bring. But that's not an excuse not to nurture the relationship and to grow it. And as you grow and evolve and they grow and evolve, you know, that's how you start reciprocating. And that's how, like, you start, you know, you start working together. So I think for me, it's it's been a thing of, you know, not just net, people do this whole, like, speed networking thing where, yeah, let's just go because I want to meet this person who's going to introduce me to that person. I don't believe in that. I believe in establishing relationship with people that have your vibe. That's important as well. <laughs> like, I'm big on vibes. I mean, we met, we met yeah. on Instagram. Because yeah. I watched your picture and I was like, I love your content. I had no idea that this opportunity would present itself one day. And exactly. we've nurtured our relationship and look at us now. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's, you, you've, you've touched on something so important there, the, the people-centered approach, right? Um. Mm. I think you are right that, you know, sometimes it gets a little bit too transactional, right? It's like, mm. okay, but yes, fine, I can meet this person, but what can they do for me right now? Mm-hmm. Like, if you can't offer me a job and a six-figure salary at this moment <laughs> in time, thanks, I want nothing to do with you. That's not the point. Yeah. You you mm-hmm. value people, uh, you know, in, intrinsically as for who they are first um, and mm-hmm. not for, you know, what they can do for you. So I, I absolutely love what you've, what you've touched on there. I, I want to know, and to bring it back, you know, to, to client services a bit. Yeah. That obviously brings about a lot of challenges, right? And, 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 you know, how does, how does what you studied, um, you know, particularly I'm, I'm talking your, your, your social sciences, psychology and sociology, right? How does that help you, do you think, um, to navigate that world? That's an interesting question. Um, you know, when I was younger, I I always just wanted a job that would pretty much allow me to use all my skills, you know, like the full skill set. Um, and I kept ending up in situations where it was like, okay, just the compliance part or just the governance or, you know, just the project management or whatever it was. Mm. And one of the reasons why I actually joined the company I'm with now is because we study people. So I'm in market research at the moment. (laughs) And what that entails is giving people, often people that don't get the opportunity to speak, giving them a voice. And, you know, I mean, obviously because of that approach, there's a lot of emotions (laughs) um, that are bound to bounce around in the room. And I'm talking emotions in terms of my researchers because they're also very passionate about what they do and how they drive insights. Mm. Emotions from my clients. My clients tend to be very protective of their markets. So they don't want their market to be, you know, portrayed in a certain way that doesn't really tell their story. Um, Emotions in terms of my team, client services. Yes, even though we drive relationships with people, those relationships eventually have to equate to a rent value. You know, so there's there's all that pressure as well from a sales and and you know client services perspective and just having all of that energy in one room. Um, I struggled in the beginning. I absolutely struggled, 
And one of the things my MD kept saying to me is, at the end of the day, they're just people. And, you know, I think psych kicked in there because it's understanding, you know, someone's upset because this is something they're passionate about or mm. someone is, is willing to invest in this because it's important to them. So it's just understanding the emotional side um, of, of the individuals, even though they're experts um, across their different, you know, across their different um, divisions and then understanding how to sort of like build a strategy and to consult and, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, like businesses are here and they need to make money. Yes. So it's it's been it's been interesting trying to marry the two, um, and and doing it in a way where you know sometimes I got to bring out like emotional Valencia, sometimes I got to bring out tough love Valencia, <laughs> sometimes I got to you know protect client, protect market, whoever it is, and just once you you apply you know psych and understanding those individuals then you, you can sort of like alternate between, mm. yeah, you can alternate between personalities, if I can call it that. Mm. That's such a, that's such an intelligent approach. Um, you know, because actually <laughs> people are not robots, right? <laughs> it's like everybody, everybody, right? Yeah. Um, has those feelings and straight feels very strongly about certain things. And that's why, you know, sometimes people will, will, will come across very strongly in, in a conversation and in, in, a, in a boardroom, for example, um, because they feel very strongly about it. And, you know, sometimes it's also, you have to realize that a lot of things are also tied to people's self-worth as well. So I think you've, 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 you've cracked it there. I think you, you are somebody who has a strong, personal brand right um now okay before i get to my question (laughs) there's a question there's a question i can see your brain buzzing like you've got a lot (laughs) yeah my brain is just going (laughs) you you you're somebody with a strong personal brand um now like i said i'll i'll park my question now we'll just park that for a bit All right. Okay, cool. There's a question from one of our, our listeners who, who submitted um, you know, a question in the in the QA pre the episode. Um and the listener asked, you know, so how firstly, how have you built such a, a strong personal brand? That's 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 the first question from one of the listeners. I will, you know, slide in the other question from one of the listeners after you've answered this one. So how have you built such a strong personal brand? Where did this come from? How how did this become a thing? And was it? I guess the other question is, which I'll you know plug in as my sort of listener question, and you know with my little ad lib is is you know was it always intentional to build that strong personal brand, um, or did you kind of stumble stumble upon it as well? Okay. Okay. Um, so I'll start, I'll start with the first question, which is, you know, how have I sort of like reached this point where I, I feel like I've got this breath and it's consistent and, you know, it, it definitely speaks to who I am and I've kind of like cracked it in that sense. Um, I made a decision very early in my career that I wanted to be authentic. 
Um, I have always been the other in the room. <laughs> Um, you know, obviously I mentioned that I was raised in Malawi. I was raised in a foreign country. So I came in as the other girl, the other person. And I've always, I've always sort of like had a different vibe to everyone else. And, you know, I've always felt quite, yeah, quite different to everyone else. And I made a decision that, you know, whatever I put out there should be about embracing that and embracing, you know, how I'm different and why I'm different and what I'm about and sticking to it, even if you don't, you know, if you don't vibe with it, um, yeah. it is who I am and just loving that about myself. And it's interesting, but everyone else who feels the same way will understand you and they'll receive that and they'll buy into it. Um, so I think that's how it's happened. It's It's been a thing where, you know, sometimes I'm in rooms or I'm in shoots and they're like, you know, if you wear this or if you pose like this or if you do this, you would have so many more followers. I'm like, I'd have more followers, but not the followers I want. Mm. And not the followers who consume the kind of content that I'm about. Mm. So in the very beginning, I was like, this is the brand. This is the Venencia <laughs> they're going to get. Um, and you know, if, if you are not about it, then you're not my audience. And, and yeah, that's, that's how it happened by mm. just sticking to being myself and embracing it and not trying to alter it because I'm trying to make money or trying to get more pe like, yeah, I was just like, no, it's not for me. Mm. So that's how it happened. And, you know, I guess, like I said, a lot of the things that have happened in my life have happened because someone bought into that person and bought into me wanting to be different. Um, I started a personal brand. I started like my whole hustle um, because I was with someone and he was like, you could post a flower and someone would be like, hey, you know, 300 likes or whatever. Like you could post a plant and people would be like, oh, hey, cool photo. <laughs> and he was like, but you need to take that influence and do good with it, you know. Mm. And around that time, that's when I decided to do the whole thing. Where I'm like, okay, fine, let's let's change people's perceptions about themselves one post at a time. So it was intentional, but it was always just to change one life. <laughs> um, I never thought that I'd be in this privileged position where I can tell my story to like hundreds of people at the same time. It was always just a thing of if I change one life, if I can inspire one girl, if I can inspire one person to stick to school or to stick to their job or build their career, then like I'm sourced. You know, I would have used my, my impact and my influence for good. Mm. So it's, yeah, it's blown up, I guess, a bit like your, your platform, you know? Um, <laughs> Yeah. Thank you for the uh, for sliding in a compliment at the end of all of that. Sliding in. <laughs> um, but sure, what a what a powerful answer. I I I I think what you've touched on is is incredibly powerful. That you know you've you've decided to to use your that influence for good. Um, I, I really love that. I, I I think I think that's that's so important. Because it could easily swing the other way, right? Um, you could easily, you know, have gone the other way, but you've actually. And what I absolutely love is you have decided what what it is that you value, and you only do those things that align with what it is that you value. I absolutely love that. The 
the other question from another listener, um, you know, and and yeah, I'm quoting, I'm quoting the listener here, but uh, you know, okay. uh, how how can I become so confident like you? Um, I guess you know it's going to be different for every person because mm. you draw your energy or your vibe from different places. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I think I just made a decision that I would pursue what I want to pursue, and I would do everything in my power to be good at it you know and just um if if you decide that you're going to do something you don't just sort of like put your toes in and just like half step into it I don't half step I don't half try I don't yeah like none of that um and I think just being sure of what you want makes you sure of who you are that's step one for me um step two is you gotta come it, it starts on the inside, <laughs> you know. Um, you gotta come from a place of self-love. You you really really have to because the whole journey and the whole process it's it's emotional and it's a lot of difficult decisions and difficult choices and choosing yourself mm. over and over and over again and just protecting yourself and being kind to yourself and nurturing yourself. And as you do that, you know, I mean, there's going to be a lot of no's. <laughs> there's going to be a lot of people that are like, who does she think she is? What mm-hmm. is she doing? People who don't agree with what you do. But if you're so sure and so loving of yourself, like the confidence comes naturally because mm-hmm. you're just sure of who you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a bit of an emotional answer, but. <laughs> well, it was, it was, it was, it, it's an emotional topic and, and an emotional mm-hmm. question. It, it 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 fully warrants that, um, and I think you've you've done it justice. Now now to my question, which <laughs> <Your question>. <laughs> <laughs> so my my question my actual question was, um, you know, you're somebody with with a very strong personal brand. What I wanted to ask you is what what three words. Um, or phrases. Um, okay. Are you intentionally wanting people to associate with you? Mm. Um, the one word that's like top of mind and that I absolutely embrace is powerhouse. I have always wanted to be a powerhouse. Um, mm. The second is. is inspirational um and the third is consistent love that yeah i love that i absolutely love that (laughs) our house inspiring consistent that's like that's like the the manual of life (laughs) 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 i absolutely love that I, yeah. I, you can uh, seal it. You can seal it. Just credit <laughs> me, but you can seal it. <laughs> <laughs> I should have used that in the intro for you. <laughs> but um, oh, wow. I, okay, that was a, a very sweet, we sort of dived straight into it. We, we turned up the heat. 
let's let's turn the heat down a little bit, okay? okay. So <laughs> before okay. we get to the other topics, you know, tell me a little bit about your your current daily routine. You know, what what does a typical day in your life look like right now? You know, at time of recording, we are in the level three lockdown. Um, mm-hmm. Our cases are over four hundred thousand. Um, sadly, we have over six thousand deaths as well. Um, yeah, what does a, a typical day in the current life and the current scope uh, look like for you? And with that, are you a uh, morning or evening person? Uh, that's actually a good place to start because um, that will tell you a lot more about my day. I <laughs> I don't like mornings. I, I don't have, you know, that spring in your step and that whole I'm ready to take over. I don't have that in the morning. Uh-huh. Um I am probably, and I'm so glad that I work, <laughs> I work for a company that gets that. Valencia is only going to start work at about 9.30. So, um, you know, before lockdown, we, like, we had the choice of what time you want to come into work, and that determines what time you go home. Yeah. I'm the kind of person that will get up at, like, 8.30, you know, take a shower, um, check in with my mom, because I know it's going to be chaotic, and I don't get much time to speak to her. Um, and then, you know, like, then I ease into work and work is, work is the same for me from home or at the office. Like it's, it's been the same thing. It's, it's crazy. Um, crazy in the sense that if I sit in front of my desk at 9.30, I probably don't get up until about 6 p.m. Like, yeah. yeah. And that's just for me to try and get some food and then continue. So, I work a lot um, in terms of my actual, I kind of call it an eight to five, <laughs> but my brain does amazing things at night. You know, um, I, I, I solve problems. I'm so much like, I'm, I'm proper like powered up at night. So I prefer to work at night than during the day. Um, mm. And I sort of like save my time in the day where I can to be with my family. Um, what else do I do? I pretty much work, guys. Like, <laughs> it's quite sad, but, you know, like, I'll only reply to, like, WhatsApp messages and check in with everyone around 8 p.m. And then I'm a co-parent to my little niece. Of course, I'm a co-parent. Um, and then, like, you know, I'll put mini me to bed around half past 10, maybe if it's, like, a day where she's getting high off apples. But, yeah, um, and then I work again till I fall asleep. So it's a lot of work, I guess. I just, yeah, even my weekends are the same because I, I save my weekends to create content mm. um, and to do, like, my side hustle and, like, my part of the whole mix. Um, but, yeah, I work pretty much all day, every day. And I, I think a lot of people would, would resonate that with that right now um, in, in the work-from-home yeah. life. You know, I've, I've read a lot of articles about you know people feel that now with the work from home life you know they, they're struggling to actually find the boundary between when you come home in the mm-hmm. in the you know the emotional sense um mm-hmm. and when you leave work in the emotional sense as well um the one thing i want to ask you is, is life life before covid19 um yeah what what do you miss most about life pre a uh, global pandemic. Okay, so I mean, with the way my routine is set up, um, I'll be honest. I, I usually drive from the office at like ten, eleven p.m. Cool. Um, 
that's yeah so you know this <laughs> this whole working late into the night because we're home now for me like yeah I've been doing it for a while and the one thing I absolutely love is just you know coming home or driving home and just being able to stop somewhere cute you know just spaces with mm. other people and mm. Just, you know, having really good food, you know, and being able to meet up with my friends over the weekend and to just laugh at life and to be out there and to do spontaneous things like we drive and, you know, we explore and we travel quite a bit. Like, I miss that. I just miss people, like yeah. my tribe, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, I definitely miss that. I just, I miss being able to actually live. It feels like the last few months I've been existing. Um, because it's just like wake up, do what you need to do, and then keep it going. Yeah. I just mm. miss feeling alive, you know, like those little things that make you feel like yes, yeah, I miss that, and you get yeah. that outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean something different. I, I I follow you. I think it is there. There is, you know, um, you know, I, I recently went into a shopping mall, like to yeah. pick up something, and it's like you sort of step back and you're like, sure. Yeah. Like I miss this. <laughs> like, like I, miss, I miss. I'm not a big fan of shopping myself. Like I'm the kind who really wants to sort of, you know, I just I have my list of five things and that's all I'm gonna mm-hmm. get. Right? Even if I see something which like you know deviates from the plan, I'm like, well, no. Like I, I need get to get. I need I need to get my things done and 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 get on with my day, but. Even I, right, a non-shopping uh-huh. enthusiast is like, yeah, sure. Like I actually missed this. I, I, I can, I can totally relate with that. Let's, yeah. let's talk about being. <laughs> when you said this to me, um, <laughs> being, being the Olivia Pope, right? Oh. Um. And for people who don't know who Olivia Pope is, um, you know, depending on on where you're where you are in South Africa, the, the show is called um, The Fixer because um, we actually have a show called Scandal already. Um, and in you know the rest of the world or most parts of the world, it is called Scandal. And um, the the lead the lead uh, actress in in the Shonda Rhimes, massive fan of Shonda Rhimes by the way myself. Um, but in the Shonda Rhimes uh, series, or, or or rather, um, yeah, series, is a lady called Olivia Pope, who's played by Kerry Washington, and 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 she she fixes everything, right? So okay, aside from that, tell me, uh, you actually watched you have watched Scandal before, correct? Mm-hmm. When I had time, when I had time, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so who was actually who was your um, who was your favorite? character other than Olivia Pope if it is Olivia Pope but other than that I think I really vibed with Carrie slash Olivia um Mm. for so many reasons and maybe that's why like you know I I I like to think of myself as the fixer but I I really vibed with how that character was positioned um Mm. I think because you know like Women's, I mean, women wear so many hats, and she portrayed that so well in Scandal, where 
you know, we're out here chasing careers, we're chasing love, we have sometimes complicated family dynamics, um, you know, something, even something as simple as her relationship with her dad, for yeah. me was something that, you know, I, I had moments where I was like, okay, I can see where this is coming from. Um, yeah, and it was, you know, it's that whole thing, being able to relate to someone. Um, and in many ways, I felt like I could relate to her. Um, yeah, so I think I really vibed with that character. That's, yeah, she's my favorite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. That's also, I, I never quite had a, a favorite character myself. Um, I more sort of have favorite moments. Um, yeah. I used to absolutely love her her monologues. Um, her monologues were like so powerful. Like when she when she would just like you know like like rev everybody up. Like I as like a non American was like okay, like we need to fight for America. It's like, it's like... I'm a little biased on favorite episodes. It has to be. It's actually more of a scene. So when she's got the big wine glass and it's been a long day and she's just like, <laughs> I got myself one. I am that one. I got myself one. Um. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> I, yeah, Samida, I, I am an avid watch all, you know, but when the show was still going on and very sad that it ended, but um, uh, yeah. an, an excellent show. I, I also loved, you know, so, it's like she had really powerful monologues and like you know made me feel like I wanted to put on what's it called the white hat right as well yeah. like okay cool like let's 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 fight like for you know America and I'm like I'm in South Africa and I'm not, and I'm not anyway, <laughs> anyway near American but you know that sort of that sort of feel but you know I I really want to hop on this um you know the, the fixer element um okay. you know. How would okay? So would you describe yourself as a fixer one? And and if and if you do, um, you know, how would you describe yourself as as a fixer, or if you are a fixer? Um, in the corporate space, <laughs> mm. I I mean those those people that know me sort of on a personal level, um, will know that at least three or four times a week, um, my WhatsApp story or status is this guy trying to put out like a huge fire with the tiny bucket. And I'm always like, in case anyone's wondering how my day is going. (laughs) And that's my meme. (laughs) But because my life is like that, um, you know, I, I often joke with my boss that I don't do account management, I do crisis management. Um, and I'm constantly putting out fires, you know, mm. and it's so different when, you know, the, the type of work that we do has real impact, not only on people's lives, but on businesses, on large corps, on, you know, it's, it's stuff that you, you just can't play around with. And, and, I find myself in situations literally where I'm like, how is this even happening? <laughs> or where it's like 8 p.m. at night and my, my my boss sends me a screenshot and he's like, please find out who did this. And it's just, I've become that person that is, because I am pretty much like the middleman between client, supplier, um, mm. my team and the company, 
I find myself having to fix everything. You know, it's a it's a constant. Yes, okay, client is gonna do that here, so I need to manage that, and I need to fix that, and I don't want to do that account. It's it's just so many different moving parts, and all these people and all these personalities, and it's crisis after crisis after crisis. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we joked earlier where I was like, it'll be like a day when my best focus group won't record. And my backup recorder will switch off. And client is like, Exco wants to see that recording. I'm like, <laughs> where do I begin? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm in a position where I'm constantly having to think on my feet. And, mm-hmm. and you know, like I have grown so much and I've adapted to sort of working under that pressure and being able to make the right decisions and decisions for the good of everyone involved and also just like putting out fires, I think. Yeah, so I, I think of myself as a fixer in that sense. But yeah, um, in my personal life, now that's a whole mess. But <laughs> so, so we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that. Right? So, so ultimately, right, you, you being being the fixer, at least the way I I, I see it, is is mm-hmm. it's it's about problem solving, right? That's what it is. It, problem comes up, you solve the problem. Now, I, you, right at the very beginning, you talked about, you know, your love and passion for strategy. Um, yeah. Link that back for me. Um, you know, that, that you know, desire to solve problems, but also, you know, with the broadest sort of scope of strategy as well. Um, I think what's interesting and what I love the most, um, I'm actually going to link it all the way back to what I studied Mm. Um, I have such a versatile academic and professional history and my experience, um, especially coming into, you know, a market research firm, um, I see things from the outside and I love the fact that, you know, I, I work for a company that, that harnesses that and that grows and nurtures that. Because they appreciate my outsider input. So a lot of the times what you find is people are trying to mark their own homework when it comes to building strategies, when Mm. it comes to finding solutions. But the great thing about seeing things from the outside looking in is you have insight that is so different. Like your perspective and your view is so different that you bring in something new and you bring something different to the table. So, you know, I think that's why I can actually navigate and not only fix problems, but land certain, you know, land certain things um, for the company and for my clients, because Mm. I see things from a very different perspective. So I love not being an expert in what I do, but being great at doing it. You know, it's like one of those. Yeah, it's it's one of those interesting spaces to find yourself in where you're not you're not an expert in that industry. You're almost like an out of industry expert. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. That is that's such a different way of of looking at it. I absolutely love that that perspective. Mm-hmm. Now, for a bit of a difficult question, you know, if if you didn't think questions were really hard. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so so how do you how do you balance your your natural leadership skills that you have, right, mm-hmm. 
with with that of being a fixer. Now, if I if I contextualize this question a little bit, being a fixer can go one of two ways. Um, mm-hmm. Problems come to you, you solve them, and you almost become a a silo in and of yourself, mm-hmm. right? And you you don't actually end up bringing others with you, um, you know, with you along on that journey. How do you balance your leadership skills that you have, right, and your potential to to put to positively influence people with your also your your phenomenal skill of being able to problem solve? Yeah. Um. Priorities. Mm. So. For every sort of problem or every situation you find yourself in, you have to build some sort of like a priority list. You know, there are times where I'm dealing with a work problem, but I can see that it's happened because there's an emotional situation that's taking place with the next person, you know. And so you quickly got to be like, okay, cool address the emotional or do I start with the work thing so that the work thing is out the way and she's not under pressure and then we can address the emotional like you constantly have to assess and read people and read the situation and build like a priority list and I have to confess I don't always get it right you know there are times that I try to just be like okay let's just get the project out the way and then we realize it's actually just getting worse um, because people's emotions are not in the right place and then I got to read prioritize and then be like okay let's address the emotional and then we'll address the work thing or let's flip this um you know and then I'll run with like the emotional side of things or I'll get my MD to run with the emotional side of things and then I run with projects so it's being able to actually firstly identify what is actually happening yeah and then being able to prioritize and and just go down your list um I think that's how I've sort of like taught myself to manage it and to handle it I hope that answers your question. It was a bit of a tricky one. It does. It is a very tricky question. I, I must admit that I, I also haven't been able to find a coherent answer, but I think your your answer is is a, is an excellent one. Um, because to me, it, it it touches again on on the people side of things and on mm-hmm. the emotional side of things, and not necessarily approaching you know the problem as as an Excel spreadsheet, for example. Right. It might it might on the face of it present itself as a as an Excel spreadsheet, but you know, actually the problem is a is an interpersonal one, right? So so yeah. I absolutely love how you how you have approached that and that certainly um you know more than answers the question. So what what are the challenges that you you experience, right, with with mm-hmm. being a fixer? Um, you know, do you do you do you ever feel overwhelmed? Um, or stretched, and if you do, um, what are the coping mechanisms? So, you know, healthy coping mechanisms. I, I guess is is the question. Um, yeah. You know, what are the sort of two two things, or or one, or three um, things that you do to remind yourself that you know um, this is not the be all and end all of life, but rather to to contextualize it in the broader sense. I think it's interesting that you mentioned like healthy strategies. Um, 
because if I'm being honest, there's something very addictive about continuously being on the go. Um, I don't know if it's because, you know, like I worked full time while I studied um, and I've always been a person that's just under pressure, you know. So a lot of the times at work, one of the reasons why I'm like constantly online and I'm constantly doing stuff and I'm constantly attending to issues is because I actually don't know how to stop. (laughs) Um, And it's addictive because it's the only way I actually know how to live, how to live. Mm. Um, I, I don't know how to be idle. I don't know how to just sort of like shut down. Mm. And I think with everything that's been happening, you know, mid pandemic, um, I actually had a consult with a doctor that looks at the biological and the social aspects of health. Yeah. And I had to sit and do this exercise where he was like, I need you to list all of your priorities. How much how much time and effort and how important is it, you know, and how much time, effort, importance are you actually giving it? And being able to reflect and just sort of actually look at what my life should look like versus how I've been living. I'm now trying to learn how to like draw boundaries, <laughs> something as simple as that. Um, I'm constantly just, you know, reaching out to my mentors and trying to get like reading material. And, you know, um, I mean, that's what I love about Women of Stature, which is the organization I'm a part of and I won an award for. But, mm. you know, like Charlotte will reach out and she'll be like, OK, cool. But we have this lady in the in the network and she does, you know, like hypnotherapy or whatever it is. And then she'll she'll link me to that person or she'll be like, actually, I'm hosting a talk or webinar or you can speak to this life coach and he specializes on managing your time effectively. Mm. So once again, for me, it comes down to, you know, being able to reach out to people and actually just being able to be honest um, mm. when I'm not coping. Um, And also just, you know, it's important to be in a space where the people you fix things for reciprocate. You know, like the, the, the relationship has to be mutual. And I think that's why I cope, because I do find myself in a space where I can go to someone and be like, listen, I don't have capacity right now. Like, yes, I'm always ready to fix. I'm always ready to be here, always ready to sort you out. But right now I don't have capacity. Um, Mm. And yeah, so it's it's, it's that like double-edged sword. Like when I started with the company, I was always very conscious about being honest that I suffer from anxiety Um, Mm. and that when it does get overwhelming, I stop sleeping and then I stop eating. And then like it's, it's, it's just terrible for my personal health. Mm. But now I'm in a space where I'm okay with not being okay. And reaching out. It's addictive. I burn out a lot. I probably, yeah. Mm. Mm. I, I now I'm in a position where I see it before it happens and I'm like, I need to take a step back. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredibly important, and right? I guess just the, you know, I've, I've sort of evolved into a space where I pick my struggles. <laughs> yeah, so I picked my struggles now. Um, mm. In the beginning, I wanted to to solve everything for everyone and make everyone happy, but now I pick my struggles. Mm. That's incredibly yeah. important, and um, that's that's extremely important, right? I, I think, 
um to to be honest with yourself um but also you know be there for yourself as well um within 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 the week within the days within you know the crazy the crazy hours and so on is is incredibly important let's let's talk let's talk women empowerment right um now when we discuss this topic off air you know you you've you've described it to me um as the essence of your being um elaborate on that a little bit for me um in terms of where where that passion comes from um and how it you know manifests currently in your life okay um it's it's interesting because i've actually spent a bit of time just reflecting and trying to see like how i ended up on this path or this mm-hmm. journey and um in the chapter so the chapter that i've just co-authored um it actually looks at patriarchal societies the challenges and the triumphs for women in africa mm. And you know, I thought reflecting on the relationship between men and women, um, where a woman must be submissive, where women are controlled, where women's roles are defined and prescribed um, mm-hmm. from birth, you know, and and also for men, obviously. But I think for me, for a very long time, I've been I've been looking at society and I've been looking at relationships and how people engage with one another. and just feeling like women want to speak <laughs> like we want to speak we want to be involved in the conversation um we have something to bring to the table and coming to the sad realization that in a lot of the spaces women occupy women are not allowed to speak yeah. and women will never get that chance to actually speak and i find myself in the privileged position where i have a voice and so it's almost like my responsibility to all the women that are silenced it's it's a responsibility to women that are even right now trapped in relationships and homes with abusive men yeah. um women that have died at the hands of their abusers um mm. women that have been socialized and 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 taught that this is how things are supposed to be mm-hmm. so it's it's my pers- i think it's not only just my personal responsibility it's everyone's yeah. to speak for everyone who cannot speak for themselves so that's that's kind of where it started and you know it, it was just having those experiences as a young girl and then thinking <laughs> it's funny but thinking I was educated, I had financial freedom. I had now left Malawi mm. where all of this was happening and thinking, well, it can't happen to me anymore. You mm. know, and feeling like I was safe and then coming to South Africa and almost leaving one form of patriarchy and being oppressed by another. Mm. And just trying to to understand how that even works, like <laughs> You yeah. know you you think yeah you think you're bigger than it you you think you're greater than it and and then you realize you you have a long way to go. Mm. So yeah that's that's where that started and why I am so passionate about it and mm. um 
then just sort of moving into a space where I wanted to see women grow and yeah. and do great things. Um, yeah. And, you know, a lot of the times it's, we are actually encouraged to compete with one another. Um, and mm. I, I'm not here for that. So it became a thing where I wanted to mentor. I wanted to inspire. I wanted to speak. I wanted people to look at me and be like, but she's all about women and she's still winning and she's still great. And she's surrounded by women that are winning and that are great too. So, mm. you know, just build a positive domino effect rather yeah. than what we have right now. Yeah. 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 Incredibly profound. I, I want to, I want to, I want us to talk a little bit about how, how do we empower women? Um, mm-hmm. And I want to touch on three streams in particular. Okay. Um, I want to touch on three, which is the one is in business. Um, okay. How do we empower women in, in, in business? The second is in our society. How do we do that? Mm-hmm. And the third is how do we empower women in education as well? Um, now, on the business side of things, you know, I, I would like you to link this back to me, to 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 business and people, and your your sort of people centered approach. Um, in society, I would like us to talk, you know, a little bit about the practical steps that we need to take. And in education, I would like us to talk about, you know, how do we how do we inspire the girl child um, to become the best possible her. So in those three streams how do we empower women in in business in society and in education i have one answer for all three streams Mm. (laughs) Mm. um this is not a tick box approach project you know we are not we're not trying to tick boxes and that's how people are managing at the moment you know Every time that there's a conversation about women not being allowed a seat um, to, to basically take their seat at a table, um, companies or systems will come back and say, oh, no, but 42 percent of these women are in, sitting in this position of power and 10 percent of these. Women, and they'll hit us with stats. And those stats are only there because someone calculated and said we need this percentage of women to be in power. We need this percentage of women to study or fill this quota or whatever mm. the situation is. And mm. it's, it's, it's not coming from a place of wanting to nurture and empower us. It's coming from a place of just ticking a box and once again silencing us. Mm. So mm. I think the first thing across all three layers is remove the tick box approach. Love you know, that. it was created to obviously... To, to encourage people to meet those quotas, you know, and to hit those numbers. But it also works against us sometimes, mm. you know. And it's, it's, such a, it's such an emotional thing to say, but just allow us to be. You know, I think from the time that we are born, boys are allowed to do what boys want to do. You know, mm. they can engage in rough play. They can go off on bikes and they can do whatever they want to do. And they'll never be told that they can't do that because they are a boy. 
But the minute that you put a woman or a girl child in the conversation, you know, you are told that you, you, you're too emotional to hold a position of power in business, for example. Mm. Or that, you know, you are, you are basically, like, girls don't study that. It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not something that a woman will, like, pursue in her career. You know, so I think moving into a space where we stop, we stop doing things based on what we're going to be held accountable for. Mm. And we do things because we genuinely just want to allow the next person to be, regardless of who or what that version of self is going to look like. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I, feel like I, I come from a place of privilege because my parents never told me what I could or could not study, um, yeah. where I could or could not work. And and that privilege, like the fact that I have to call it privilege, that's a problem. It should mm. just be allowed, you know. And I think one of the things about patriarchy is that it's that restriction of access. So we need to open up and make these things accessible because it's one thing to say, okay, cool, Go study what you want to study or go ahead and be, you know, um, in a position of power in whatever company and then not actually allow us the access. Yeah. So access is another part of the conversation that we really, really need to drive and to embrace us when we do come into the room and not to discredit us. Mm. Mm. And that's, I think, you know, when I look at myself and where I am now, I think I sit in a position where I'm constantly discredited where I've earned the seat at the table because I'm pretty or it's because she's good looking, you know, Mm. and to just allow, allow us to be good looking and to be smart and to be phenomenal. Just allow us and and allow us what we have worked for and what we deserve and to see me as equal but different. Yeah, because there's this idea that when we fight for equality, we want to be men. We don't, <laughs> you know. Um, we 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 are equal but different. And I have my superpowers, and you have yours. And mm. I respect you for yours, and you should respect me for mine. Absolutely. So yeah, um, that's, that's an incredibly powerful and and impactful and insightful answer um i absolutely you know love the the part about you know we we need to remove the tick box approach Mm um it's not about stats right Mm -hmm. it's it's not about you know it's one thing to to you absolutely right you have to open up the access to 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 those spaces but also once those spaces are open right it's it's not a case of it, it's also about how you treat you know the woman in in those environments and in those spaces as well right um and i think that that is something we all need to to take heed and 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 to to listen to um with great care and mm. and and act and act rapidly and act accordingly as well um as a as a final question to you um as we sadly draw this to a close, what has been a, a wonderful chat. Um, in in your journey of of self discovery yourself, right? In in yeah. in in um in your own 
journey of self-discovery. What role have female role models and mentors? I know you you touched on mentorship a little bit earlier on. Um, played in your growth, and similarly to that, to juxtapose with that, um, you you also mentioned a little bit about how you would actually, you know, you're passionate about mentoring yourself as well, so mentoring others as well. Um, you know, what are your views on, or rather not what are your views, but um, are you open to, to mentoring others? Um, and, you know, I, I guess the the other point is that, you know, if, if somebody does want to be mentored by you or, or wants to, to seek advice from you, how... How do they take that step? You know, is it just a DM on Instagram? Is it? <laughs> what is it? Is it, a, is it a, you know, an email? Um, you know, um, how how do people sort of take that step for you to also, you know, fulfill that passion, uh, that that part of your passion as well? Okay, um, quite a lot to just work through there. Mm. I think mentorship right um just like networking and and how i view it is something that can happen or take place in so many different ways Mm. so for example i have mentors who don't even know they're mentoring me (laughs) and that's because all i do is literally i i sit and i i read articles and i follow them and i'm on their linkedin and i'm reading news and i'm seeing how they're doing things mm. and i'm learning just from observing right um and the second sort of like the other side to the coin is i have my active mentors who are essentially women that have been my yes you know and to get started, all you need is one yes. Um, Love that. I started influencing, actually. But, you know, I, I was approached by a woman who worked for a PR company. And she said, listen, like, I love your content. I love your photos. Um, you've got a great eye for detail. Do you mind if I send you a package and you can just, you know, take photos? Mm. That's how I started. I started because of that one yes. And I'm still great, great friends with her because that was not her only yes for me. She saw something and she nurtured it and she encouraged it and she brought it out of me, you know. Um, and she continues to sort of like add a chair. Even when the table is full, she continues to add a chair for Venancia, mm. even just for me to sit and listen and watch. And, you know, like it's so powerful to see how one yes from one person can completely change a story. Yeah. And because that happened to me, I want to be a yes for someone, you know. So I think the the whole mentorship idea, um, first and foremost, is about how you use resources and what's available to you. So if yeah. you're on Instagram and you are following someone and all you are looking at is how fancy their dress is and how great their shoes are, you are actually doing yourself a great injustice. You know, you should be looking at the events they're going to, how they're networking with people, how Mm. they work hard to prepare and be ready to Mm. be in that room with those people, how they are hustling to get the car and to get the house and to get everything else. You know, like for me, it's, it's all about your perspective, you know, see it as a way to learn and a way to master 
rather than just, oh, this is cute and this is great, you know? And the second thing being, be intentional about it. Be intentional about who you want in your life. Um, For me, I mean, Women of Stature has been such an incredible opportunity and to be the youth ambassador for 2020 is Mm -hmm. like a dream come true. But once again, it's come because, again, someone said yes to me and someone saw something and they're trying to nurture and to grow and to develop me. And the final thing is sometimes, you know, like you could be looking at me now and thinking, you know, I want B to mentor me, but I'm actually not what you need (laughs) at this point in your life. Mm. You know, and what I love about Women of Stature is Charlotte will always be like, I think Shireen will be the best person to guide you here. And Mm. I think Lynn will be the great person to guide you there. So surround yourself with someone that's, not all about ownership and owning you and trying to be like, oh, yes, I mentored her and that's why she's achieved. But someone who genuinely wants the best of you to come to the surface and someone who will give you that access, who will put you in those rooms and who position you to basically grow and develop. So those are the types of things that you should be looking at when you look for mentors. And, you know, like the same way that I treat my friendships, I have friends for different things. I have mentors for different things. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if someone does want to reach out, like, I'm easy, hey. <laughs> um, you can just, you can literally DM me. You can literally reach out to me about yourself. And if the vibes are there, it happens naturally. And that's how it's happened with, with the young girls that I do work with. Um, mm-hmm. And then another exciting thing and another way that you can sort of, like, figure out if I'm exactly who you need or what you need or if it's someone else Um For the month of August, um, I will be holding or hosting my own webinar series with young women. Um, Mm -hmm. So we're going to kick off in August when the book launch takes place. So, I mean, details will follow on my Instagram. But come through for those webinars because there's going to be other women in the room, um, Mm -hmm. a lot of mentors, a lot of women from Women of Stature. And so you could actually realize halfway through, you know, the sessions that you found someone else who's a great fit for you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's really, that's really profound, and I, I, I would encourage you know everybody to go to go and check that out, and and to tell their friends and their friends' friends and their friends' families and their family, friends' families' friends. Um, <laughs> tell everybody in your neighborhood, right? Um, Valencia, I just want to thank you so much. This has been a an absolute pleasure. Um to host you, to to speak to you, to listen to you. Um I I've learned an incredible amount um, you know, just, just hearing you speak, you know, about, you know, your approach to business. I absolutely love your approach to business. Um I love the energy that you bring to it. I love um, you know, the strategy element as well. And, you know, above all else, I absolutely love the people centered approach. Um and, you know, getting to know you, you know, even a little bit more um, than I know that I've known you before the episode as well. Um, I trust that the episode has been a reflective one for you and also an empowering one as well for yourself. Um, I think, you know, sometimes it can be really empowering to 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 look back at our own stories and, and the things that we have learned um, through that and to share that with others as well. And I just want to thank you for for doing that today, um, you know, telling us, you know, how how to be a fixer, but also, you know, realistically, 
you know, what that entails and, you know, mm-hmm. um, the, how you cope with that, um, in, in both, you know, in, in a realistic sense and in a, in a, in a sense of, you know, this is actually where you want to be as well. Um, and, you know, sharing with us, you know, your thoughts on, on women empowerment and on the approach and the steps that we need to take, the practical steps that we need to take, the changes that we need to rapidly, that we need to rapidly make. So I, I just want to thank you so much. This has been an absolute thank pleasure. You. And, and, um, I, I trust that you've enjoyed the, the episode as well. I have. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so great. That's everything I hoped for. <laughs> Oh, this—that's that, the that, that, That's that's really lovely to hear. But um, until until we meet again, either virtually or in person, um, do do stay safe, mm-hmm. do do stay healthy, and uh, wear a mask, um, wash your hands, um, and yeah, keep keep safe and keep healthy as well. Thank you, and you too. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much for tuning in and listening to the episode. I hope that you were impacted positively and that you found substance and significance whilst listening to the episode. Head over to the Impactful Conversations website at impactfulconversations.co.za to find out more about the show. To stay up to date with the latest episodes, please subscribe to the podcast and give it a five-star rating. You can also check out and subscribe to my episodes in video format on the Impactful Conversations YouTube channel. Just head over to YouTube and search Impactful Conversations. Thank you to all who have listened in and subscribed. Why not share the episode with a family member or a friend who you think could be positively impacted? Anyway, until the next episode, bye-bye, stay safe, stay healthy, and wash your hands.